Jimmy, Jimmy Crane, Jimmy Crane's a nerd. Jimmy Crane's an improv nerd. Jimmy Crane's a nerd. Hey everybody, this is Jimmy Corain, and you're listening to another episode of Improv Nerd, sponsored by the good people at Pan Theater in Oakland. Now, if you're in the San Francisco Bay Area, and you're looking to get your improv fixin', I want you to check out Pan Theater's Improv Dojo Drop-In Class. It's a fun chance to laugh, learn, and play. Also be sure to check out Pan's quarterly auditions for house teams, Awkward Face, Liquid Mind, and Sunday Brunch. All you need to do is visit pantheater.com for details. Pan Theater has been bringing improv goodness to the San Francisco Bay Area for over a decade. Visit pantheater.com for current shows and class schedules. But wait, there's more. Pan offers master-level improv workshops with leading guest instructors, including me, Jimmy Corain, the host of Improv Nerd. All you need to do is visit pantheater.com for upcoming master-level classes and workshops. That's pantheater.com. This episode is also sponsored by DuoFest 2015. So come one, come two. Submissions for Philly Improv Theater's DuoFest 2015 are now open and accepting two-person improv act submissions through March 2nd. Now in its sixth year, DuoFest is the only improv festival in the country dedicated to improv duos. This year's fest runs June 3rd to June 6th, and all accepted acts will receive a package of serious benefits, including one or two paid performances during the fest. Now, past acts have come from around the world and have included performers like Scott Atzett from 30 Rock, Jed Eveleth, Joe Bill, Jill Bernard, Asif Ronan, and more. For more information, go to duofest.com. That's duofest.com. We have got a great episode for you today. It was so much fun, and uh, this was recorded at the Steel Stacks Improv Comedy Festival in Bethlehem, Pennsylvania, all the way from New York City, the Upright Citizens Brigade Touring Company. And they are Marshall Stratton, Mike Kelton, Jenny St. Angelo, and James Smith. We talked to them about auditioning for the UCB Touring Company and getting in, and how everyone had slightly different experiences about how their audition went. We also talked to them about what you learn by doing shows on the road, and what each individual brings to the group, and what they learn from each other. If you're in an improv group, and you struggle with managing different personalities and stuff like this, you're going to love, love, love this episode. They had such great things to say. Before we get to the episode, I just want to say that if you've been going to the Improv Nerd Facebook page and you've been noticing a lot of spelling errors and typos, it's because of me. And uh, I've been posting a lot, and uh, I wish I had a better excuse for you. I don't. I'm just not a good speller. And I've never, ever been a good speller because I've really never been a good student. Um... Why other kids, uh, their parents, you would go home and their parents would make the kids do their homework at night. I I was watching television. Lots and lots of television. I mean, I got a great education on television. And my parents were actually worried about me uh, in high school because I was trying to get into college. And so, like, uh, junior and senior year, they went out and they hired a tutor. 
And they spent all this money. And basically this tutor came over and he was kind of creepy. Uh, he'd come over uh, late at night. Uh, and my parents didn't seem to have a problem with that. And he would write my papers. And uh, I would just sit there and watch TV as he was writing my papers that I had to hand in the next morning. So basically, I cheated. I was a cheater. I cheated my way through high school. And the worst part about it was I thought I was cool for cheating. And, and I would put down the other kids that actually were good students and had parents that cared and actually did their homework and wrote their own papers. And uh, so when you go to the Improv Nerd Facebook page, I just want you to have a little compassion for, for me, for that 14 or 15-year-old kid who thought he was getting away with something, who thought he was a little smarter than everybody else, who thought that he, he couldn't understand that spelling, actually spelling the words correctly, he, he was going to be something that later in life he was going to use in the real world. Enough about me. Here it is. You're going to love this episode, especially if you're on an improv group or an improv team. Here it is, the UCB Touring Company. Enjoy. Jimmy's a nerd, he's a nerd, oh yeah. Jimmy's a nerd, he's a nerd. Where is our music? Where is our music? Our music! <laughs> it's great to see that you guys have no attitude like I am. When you get to be as old as I am, you can be like uh, as rigid and controlling as, as I am. We are very happy and excited to be here, everybody. <laughs> well, Mike, since you've got the microphone, let, let's start with you. Okay. Sure, sure, I love it. Now, you left suburban high school. You were in the ninth grade, and you went to a performing arts high school in New York City. Yes. Okay. And when you got there, you realized that fitting in was the worst possible option. Why didn't you want to fit in? Uh, my, uh, growing up, my brother, I have an, a brother who's three years older than me. Mm-hmm. And uh, I kind of like the relationship between the two of us was we always got along and supported each other, but he was, he played hockey, he was captain of the football team, captain of the lacrosse team, and I was just like going around singing show tunes, um, having time in my life. Um, <laughs> but it, it, it does, it didn't work, it didn't work because people, you know, people made, people made fun of me, and I, but I always was like, I love it, I'm having a blast. Like I wasn't, I wasn't a kid who got made fun of that was like, oh, no, I'm going to, like, hide myself. So I realized that once I got out of my suburban high school and went to school in the city where everyone was kind of like a weirdo or an outcast, which seems to be, like, the improv community, um, I was like, can I curse? Yeah, go right ahead. I was like, fuck it. Uh-huh. I'm going to do this forever. Mm-hmm. So that, to me, was, was like... Was there a tangent between you and your brother? Because he was an athlete and you were, you were in theater? Was there a what? Like, tension. Um, you know... Not really. People used to think there was because we were very different, mm-hmm. but uh, we we've always been best friends. Just he like in high school, he would come home and he'd be like, "What up, faggot?" And I'd be like, "It's true." <laughs> <laughs> and is and is he really supportive? I'm, I'm sure he's probably really proud of what you're doing, right? Yeah, a hundred percent. Has he come to shows and stuff? Yeah. And and what does he say like after? Does he afterwards? Um, my brother doesn't get silly stuff as much. I mean, he works at Morgan Stanley, so like, um, but he loves it, and he's always like, wow. He just, mm-hmm. he, he doesn't get it in terms of he's like, 
you should send this web series you're doing to SNL. Like, you can just arbitrarily just be like, here, SNL is a web series I did. So he doesn't understand it, but he's very supportive of it. Now, you're also known for making very bold moves on stage. And you must. <laughs> what was that? You must. Everyone listening again on the podcast, you must is the new phrase sweeping the comedy nation. It's all about support, and you say, you must. That is coming from Mike Kelton, just so you know. We want to make sure you get credit. But you actually, there's a part of you that likes it when the audience like gasps or, or, sh or, or, or shocked by it. Um, wh what is that about, do you think? Uh, I think I get tickled by someone in the audience thinking that what you're doing is wrong because there is no wrong. You literally can't do something on stage that you're not supposed to because the freedom is endless. So I think sometimes the worst thing I don't like watching improv or being in it is when you feel people being hesitant. So sometimes to make the worst move, the boldest move that no one understands, like you're, you're a pixie fairy who like just loves calling people cunts, love it. Like maybe just do that. It's funny you mention that because that's my go-to. Oh my God. Yeah. <laughs> let's I can't start, wait to well, let's, uh, Jenny, um, I want to get you into the conversation. Yes, please. You said that having a united ensemble on stage makes the audience feel more comfortable. Yeah. What do you, what, why is that important, you think? Why do, you, why do they feel more comfortable with a united ensemble? Yeah, why do you think that's important that is, is an ensemble, any improv group, they have to be united? Well, because you're making it up with only the other people on stage, right? Like, the, the audience isn't going to help you as much as the people on stage can. There's, like, a common phrase, like, fuck the audience, which isn't meant to be, like, you know, aggressive towards you necessarily. It's, it's not, we're, we're not really having sex with the audience. We're not having sex with them. We're not angry at them. But there is a sense of, like, I have to take care of myself and my scene partner first, and then hopefully the audience will come on board and I think as an improviser watching improv, it's much easier for me to sit back and enjoy it when I'm like, they're going to figure it out together because they will go anywhere with each other. As opposed to like, oh, that guy's making really big choices, but no one's following him. And it's like, whoa, like, this makes me uncomfortable because now there's like a lone person on stage working really hard and being left like hang out to dry. Yeah, Amy and Poehler has that quote about going down with the ship. Mm -hmm. So I mean, looking into your scene partner's eyes and feeling like the insanity, but being like, we're going down together. Yeah. And I think as an audience member being like, hey, if they're drowning, they're all drowning together is better than like, look at that one person being left out to dry or to sink, depending and on And how does that make you, uh, Marshall, how does that, those bad shows, those, those things that Amy Poehler says where, you know, we're all going down to die, how mm -hmm. does that make you a better ensemble? Uh, I think it, it, it lets you know where the bar is. Like, oh, that's the worst show. <laughs> It wasn't that bad. Like, uh, I did a show once where um, I was, uh, I think I was like hung up on a crucifix as Jesus and Hitler was torturing me. And uh, yeah, no laughs. Uh, and it was like, and then the, there was, uh, we were just like in this last scene trying to figure it out. And the, this, this guy walked on, I was like, look guys, I found a dinosaur egg. And they just kind of looked at us like, now you say something, and uh, we didn't say anything, and then got like mildly blacked out. Like it was like, okay, this is the end, and it like kind of slowly faded out, and the group broke up after that show. Uh, so that's the worst show I've ever done, uh, and it's now thinking back on it, pretty great. <laughs> now, James, uh, I I I thought 
something very interesting is when you auditioned for the UCB touring company, yes. you actually thought you bombed the audition. Yes, I did. Now, how do you make sense of that? So you bomb this audition, and then you get a call a couple days later that you yeah. made it. And I, I, the sense that I make of it is the sense that I've been trying to make of my entire improv career, I guess. <laughs> uh, I, I often have the feeling that I'm like not doing well when I'm improvising. I've always been afraid of doing improv. And uh, and the and in the the audition, it felt like like I felt like I was doing all the stuff. You know, I was I was listening and responding. I was playing characters. I was you know I was doing all the stuff. Uh, so like to to be a part of it, I think is the sense that I did make of it. Oh, okay, I guess I did that right. Like I guess that. I did the stuff, and I did it right. <laughs> so when they called you, were you like, did you try to talk them out of it? Or? <laughs> uh, uh, no, uh, I, I didn't. But I, I do find myself, or especially early on, I did find myself trying to figure out how to talk my way out of doing shows or like talk my way out of being on stage. Because um, of the fear. Because of the fear. Because and what were the, you afraid of? Of, uh, of <sighs> There are all those great quotes about like how, like, be fearless and die on stage. Um, I'm afraid of death. I'm afraid of that. I'm afraid. We all James. We're all afraid. Yes. Yeah, Everyone's are afraid. James. Right. It's, it's okay to be afraid of um, death. Uh, so yeah. So because of the because of the fear, I guess. Can I the say fear. something about your improv that I think that's so interesting? Hearing James say this because I love he's a great teammate. You're a very selfless improviser. Um, I I hope it comes up when we do it. But he will take whatever's happening, and if it's maybe like got a bigger. Uh, reaction from the audience than what the original comedic game was, he'll be like, sure, let's go with that. Like, 100%, he just goes with the flow. And that might feel like when you finish, you're like, well, did I, what did I do? But because yeah. you allowed the team, you allowed me to be the fairy cunt. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> yeah, I mean, but I, yeah. I do. Is it, I can I just ask you something? Because I go through this. Is it, okay, they're getting the laughs, I'm not getting laughs, so I don't feel I did a good job? Because that's where I go. I, I, yeah, I, I think it has to do with that. Um, I think it has probably a lot to do with that. <laughs> um, uh, but I, but I, I try to have fun no matter what. I'm a fan of silence. Uh, uh, I do stand up sometimes. And, uh, and like in that, you're, like not spo- you're supposed to try to fight the silence. But like even in that, it's like figuring out how do we get out of the silence? How do we, you know? So sometimes when it's there, it's nice. And also sometimes when it's there, it's terrifying. Now, Marshall, you started in stand-up, right? In, yeah. And then, did, did you guys didn't know this? No. no. Why are they laughing? Uh, they're laughing because they saw a video of me on YouTube. Um, okay, and how bad was it? Okay, so, all right. Okay, here we go. Uh <laughs> So I, I set us up. How old sure. were you when you were doing this? Uh, I was 25, 25. How um, drunk were you when you were doing this? Okay, so, the, all right. so I just, I started, uh, I lived in Memphis, Tennessee, where I was born, and I started doing stand-up there uh, at this bar called the P&H, uh, uh, which stands for the Poor and Hungry. So it's like very dive bars, great bar in Memphis. And uh, so, and like, just pictures were very inexpensive. I think they were like five dollars or something. It's a good way to justify yeah. the story. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah it was yeah. ten cents a picture. Yeah, yeah. so like, uh, you know, uh, two pictures later, I get on stage after a guy who had just been on like Last Comic Standing and is like destroyed. He destroyed, and then the crowd was just not into what I was doing. 
And so I, I kind of talk about that a little bit. And this guy screams out, uh, do Mick Jagger. And I do this like terrible Mick Jagger impression. I was like, all right. And that was basically it. Uh, and at that moment, I just cracked. And I just scream at this guy. I'm like pointing him. And I'm like, fuck you. Fuck you, you piece of shit. I know. I know I only do one thing well. Fuck you. And I'm just like losing it. And then I try to go back into my jokes, which doesn't work. So I'm like, so Christina Aguilera is in the news. And I'm like, it, it just like is awful. And, and I was that's like, on YouTube? We can see that on YouTube? You sure can, yeah. Okay. You I've, must. Yeah, yeah. I actually, I've had. The fastest way to find it, I found, was uh, if you type in Marshall Stratton. That's my name. Heckler. Mm-hmm. You'll get there pretty quickly. Yeah. I've had the option of taking it down for years now. And I just really, really haven't. I think actually it's helping your career. I say keep it up. Um, oh, let thanks. Me, let, okay. Well, I mean, it, no, no, there's no bad publicity, right? I, I, well, I don't are you, know. Do you, are you embarrassed about it? No, I'm not embarrassed about it because, like, at the end of the day, the last part's really funny where I try to go back. <laughs> where you win my, them back. Yeah, where I try to, like, win them back and it's, like, everyone knows I just dug myself a huge hole and they're, like, on board with it, you know? But a part of you must like it or you wouldn't keep it on YouTube. That's true, yeah. I liked it like all the other comics liked it. They were like, I think like the next day we were going to some other open mic. And they're like, dude, I have a video. We're going to watch it. I'm like, I don't want to watch it. And they were all laughing. I'm like, oh, at least they're laughing. And they're like, Marshall, he's a comics comic. Yeah. yeah, yeah he'll he'll yeah, tell yeah. anybody off. <laughs> yeah. um, so be, you know, getting cast, being hired for the UCB Touring Company, it's a huge honor. Mike, how much is luck involved in it, would you say? Um, I, don't, I don't think it's luck. I think it's... <coughs> I think it's uh, I think it's b- basically based on the audition. I think, uh, despite what James said, because I think he was probably great. Were you probably... in his audition? No, I was. I, I'll say I was in his audition. He was very funny. Uh, so he's being hard on himself. He's very hard on himself. He was very <laughs> funny in the audition. Uh, I remember breaking a lot of times at the stuff he was doing. He was very funny. So, Mike, what was your experience of how you got hired for the UCB touring company? <laughs> Oh, boy. Um, okay, so uh, we went in groups of, I think, four or five people. And I specifically remember the second group because we went in this one group and then they switched up the people and they said, actually, can we have... Um, uh, it went in... It was kind of like our first cast. Um, Amos Vernon, who was on the first cast of this. Um, me. T- it was... A, anyway, it was a lot of people, but like a lot of the people got onto like one, like one spot on either teams. And I remember that we just did a suggestion off of text messages. So there was a text message that Shannon, the artistic director, said. It was like, um, uh, Carol's coming home or something. And so I walked out to initiate a group game. And I just, I just wanted to have fun. And I didn't want to be in my head. Usually if I do something kind of really crazy off the top, I'm just like, well, that was already the weirdest thing. So who cares now? <laughs> um, so I walked out. And I was like, kids, don't freak out. But Carol's coming home! <laughs> and then I look at everyone, and everyone's nervous. So, like, in improv, when you say don't do something, you're supposed to just do it. But, like, I look at them, and did, they didn't freak out. And then I literally on stage went, and they went, ah! <laughs> and we just started screaming, and we just started running around the theater. <laughs> and the, Shannon was just laughing, because that's insane. And then we got back to the stage, and I was like, yeah! She's back from the war and she has a machine gun! And then we just screamed again. And then it ended up that Carol was hiding in the house and we had to find her because she, Aunt Carol was going to kill us. 
and that was fun, and I feel like they saw that, and they're like, America will like that stuff. <laughs> Getting back to this, it's, it's not luck. I don't think it's what, luck. What is it, do you think? Because some, some, some of you guys said it was luck. I believe it's luck. Okay, so let's hear from Mike, and then we'll hear from Jenny. I think it's funny. I think it's, if, people en- <coughs> if you enjoy people, I think all of us are funny people, and we, like, we love being on stage and performing for people, and I think they saw that in the audition, and I think that's probably why we're here. Jenny? Well, I think the luck, I, I, when I say luck, I don't mean to discredit like all of the hard work that we all do. You know, none, none of us showed up one day and were like, oh, there's an audition? You know, like we worked really hard to get there. But there is something about, you know, the reason that we were in that audition is because we got on a house team. And getting on a house team has to do with like who you auditioned with in that room and who your indie teams were and what teachers you had and, you know, what coaches did you work with when you were an indie team. And I think there's so much that goes into it beyond just like, like I don't know. It just seems like there's so many factors outside of like, because there are lots of really funny people who work hard and care about improv who aren't on a house team or aren't touring or aren't doing that sort True, of thing. True, but to me, luck is like, I don't know, going, like, going downstairs to get popcorn and then being like, this is the last bag of popcorn. Like, you're lucky no one else gets popcorn today. <laughs> <laughs> For me, luck is getting that bag of popcorn, going down to get the bag of popcorn and get a movie deal out of it. I love that, too. Okay. <laughs> Marshall, what do you think about luck, no luck? Uh, I think it's a mixture of both. I think it's the, the, the luck of it is being in the right place at the right time, being that group you were in. Like, uh, there was this guy um, who's on the other uh, touring uh, group, uh, Yoni, who was in my audition group, and he... Like, th- from the first scene, he was just so funny. And I was like, well, I'm just clearly going to support this guy <laughs> and just, like, have fun with him. And I think that's why I got on. It's just, like, I supported and, you know, made him look great, I think. Uh, and and I think it was a mixture of that. Like, that, I don't think if Yoni was in my group, maybe I wouldn't have, like, felt as inspired and, like, been as present or whatever. Uh, I don't know. So I think that part of it might have been the luck. And then also, yeah, like I spent six years uh, doing improv almost every night and rehearsing three or four times a week and spending, you know, close a couple thousand dollars on classes and coaches and, you know, uh, not really having a social life and all that kind of stuff to get to So with, point. with all this, but how much is the, the politics of it? Being known, Having the right teachers, being seen, well, going to the right shows. One. Yeah, with, with people don't want to talk about that, but that sure, sure. is part of the equation. Here's what I'm going to say: I'm on a house team and on Tourco, and the artistic director of our theater will not accept my friend request on Facebook. <laughs> so it's uh, very competitive at UCB. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, yeah. even yes, in it's Facebook, competitive because even... you have, I mean, five thousand people come to the New York City to be an actor every year. You've got 11,000 people going through UCB every year, you know, and these two stages are small and there's only seven days in a week, right? You just don't have enough space. So, of course, it's competitive because it's exciting and people find themselves in improv. Like, of course, it's competitive. But as far as, like, like I, di- I don't think that I got on because someone looked at my, like, improv resume and was like, oh, Will Hines taught you. I mean, the fact that Will Hines taught me made me a better improviser, but I don't think that his name alone is going to open a door. You know what I mean? I also have something to say. Uh, I think a lot of times in the, you see uh, any community that is competitive, people who don't get to a spot will say, oh, it's all politics. In any field, everywhere. 
but I will say I'm a, I'm very into energy. I'm like I'm an Aquarius, of course. Um, <laughs> so I'm very into energy, and I think it's more about. Um, Honestly, I know it sounds bananas, but like, uh, if you're a person who's funny and there's another person who's just as funny and hardworking as you, if you're good energy and you're around a lot and you, you show face at shows when you're not performing and you get to know your teachers, and I think you have a better shot at doing well at the theater than the person who is really funny and then just goes home and doesn't talk to people after the show. Well, shows. I think that's really good to hear because I think people think the myth is if I'm really talented on stage, it will happen to me. And I've been doing this for a long time. I've only seen one person that that, that happened to, and that was Chris Farley. James, you were going to say something? Yeah, I, I just think that this that particular level of it is such a hard... It's such a hard thing to even understand, right? Because it's like, of course, the classes that you took and the people that you met and the shows that you went to see had a direct influence on the next thing that happened, right? Like, of course. But also, it's, it's not like any of us here had, like, a formula or had, like, oh, we knew, like, I had to study with, with this person or I, I, you know, that, like... The way the system works, the way all of these systems work, right, is you you take a number of classes and then there's an audition process and then from that audition, people are picked. Um, there, there, there are people who, who uh, continue to work hard and continue to, uh, and continue to stay in it day in and day out. And, and it's like, it's kind of like that thing of like, if you love it, then something will happen. It may not be the thing that in your mind you're like, that's the thing that I want to happen, happen to you, but it, but it does not mean that nothing will happen if you, if, you, if you keep working at it, no matter what, something. And it's for you too. Like, I don't know what, what the point of getting to the end of the improv thing is. Like, you don't really... We do get paid for our tour shows, but it's not a lot of money. You like, there's no, you don't win something. You don't get a contract to be on a television show. It's like it's really for you. Improv is a bunch of adults on stage acting like kids. So at the end of the day, if you're doing it at the basement of a bar in Cleveland, you're still winning the same way we're winning. I've done I've done improv in the basement of a bar. You must in Cleveland. <laughs> um, uh, some people say that the UC style of play which focuses on the game of the scene, can be too structured and too formulaic. What do you guys think about that? Jenny? Yeah. Um, I wouldn't disagree with that. I, I, I have sort of a problem with the too, like too structured, too formulaic. Um, I think improv, much like religion or other things, like, you know, the, base, the big world religions all have sort of the basic same tenets, right? Be good to each other, like, do unto others, like, honor your parents, like, things like that are pretty similar. So I think the same thing can apply for improv, right? Like, how UCB teaches improv is they're like, this is the best way we know how to get you to be honest on stage and listen and react and heighten the funny thing. The annoyance is going to come at it a completely different way. But what they're looking for is honesty on stage, reacting, making things funny, right? The pit in New York, like all, they're all trying to get there. They're all trying to get to the same truth. But everyone's path is a little bit different. So like for me, the structure of UCB of having like, these are the classes. 
And, um, you know, here's how we're going to tackle games. We're going to give you sort of a formula to help you be like, this is the unusual thing. Now we're going to heighten, right? It's like my brain works really well that way. I love that kind of structure. But there comes a point where then you have to, like, be like, okay, cool, I'm going to break that structure now that I know how it works. You know, Van Gogh was an amazing realist painter. But, like, you have, to know the, you have to know the basics before you can move on to break the rules, right? So I have a problem with being like, it's too structured. It's like, not structured. If it's too structured for you, cool, find a different theater. There's another way to get in. But no theater is doing it wrong. They're just doing it their way. That's I'm defending my theater. Yeah, I, I think that was beautiful, Jenny. <laughs> Unbelievably said. Clap it up for Jenny, everybody. Wow. Um, uh. That being said, everything you said was shit. Um, support, I guys, think, support. I think that's true. I think structure is great. Um, I also think that in the form of improv, there's uh, a team of eight or six or four because you have some people that are better at the structure than others. And it's going to help um, if someone comes out and does something that might seem like, where's the structure to this? Someone else will support it and be like, here's, I'm going to help you structure this. So um, structure is more important for some people than others, I guess. Yeah, and I think once you go through all the levels and everything, you get a lot of notes early on about like what to do, like what try not what you know, try not to do these kinds of things, you know. But as you get further along and you learn what's going on and you get more comfortable on stage, like the, the reins loosen a little bit. And like, you know, in the advanced study classes at UCB, it's a lot of like uh, like I took a class with Anthony King, who's artistic director at the time, and like I would do maybe one scene in a class and for three hours, and so or not like three hour scene, but like one scene in the in the three hour time slot of the class, and we would just like talk about scenes. So that was a class, like that was I paid money for that, you know. Like it's it's very different than like uh, some other other teachers, and like it just becomes like less structured as you learn more and you know get better at it. I and I do think it's helpful because everyone has. Uh, uh, comedy subjective. So every teacher has their own view of what they think is funny or how they're going to teach. It is helpful to have a structure and a, a manual to be like, okay, this is our curriculum, but I'll teach it in this way and this way and this way. So I think that's a strong point of UCB, the fact that there is a manual of how it, the structure works. Um, I just want to say I love, uh, I love the structure. Um, I, I've done a lot of improv, and uh, my, there, my, there's something about the structure that feels freeing. There's like, there, in, in, when, when anyone's doing improv, right, we start it from nothing, and then we're going to end our, our set. We're, we're all trying to get somewhere. And I think that what's great about the structure is we at least all know when we start our scene that we're trying to get somewhere. And we have an idea of where we are trying to get. It's not, but it's, but it has nothing to do with like writing or it has nothing to do with like knowing all the moments, but there's, there's that thing of like, w we know where we're going when we, when we set out on stage. And I, I love this. When you mean you know where you're going, can you be more specific? Is there is there is there a mythology behind this? I mean, there's like like the the, I think the thing that is structured about it, right, is is that understanding of like, oh, we're gonna play a game in this scene, and we wanna and we wanna be on the same page with that game. That's the structure, right? And that's that's one 
thing. You know, are you specifically asking about like Harold structure or like um, like form structure for improv in yeah. general? That's because actually a I good. I think that would be two different answers. I, I'm, I'm just, I'm just curious. Like, okay, we're you, we're we're going to be performing and we're going to be doing. What what did, we, what did we decide that we were going to do? A montage. We're going to do Which a montage. Like a non-structured thing. Well, it's a non-structured thing. So taking that as an example, we know what the structure is. It's unrelated scenes. We're going to edit stuff like that. How do we know where we're where we're going from something like that? When you say that, is there specific tools from that that UCB you guys use to know that we're all going to be on the same page? Well, okay. Well, <laughs> there, there are two answers to that. One is. One is we actually probably will have no idea where we're going. The other one is uh, uh, like if we, if the point of our, so we would have to know like what's the point of the scene that we're doing. Are we trying to play a game in the scene? Then there's a structure to it. There's like a thing that we're trying to do together. If we're not, then then we're not, and we're just and playing. mostly you're and trying to play a game. Like mo all of our scenes on Torco. Uh, we usually do, well, tonight we'll do an interview with someone and then we'll pick up on games from that interview. So let's say, let's say in that interview someone says something like, oh, I live with a roommate who freaks out whenever she sees mayonnaise that I've bought mayonnaise. So like the game of that is like human being scared of mayonnaise. And so, um, and it will kill. Um, so, uh, so the way that you set up the structure for that is you come out and you're like, you know, Pam, I don't want you to freak out, but I had to get mayonnaise because I'm making a coleslaw tonight. And then she knows to to react because you say, I don't want you to freak out. And then she will freak out. You'll, you'll find why she freaks out, the justification. And then you'll hit that game two other times and try and heighten it to maybe, like, she walks into the bathroom and there's just a giant tub of mayonnaise. Yeah. I think, I think another way to put it um, would be that we're learning the same language to speak on stage, right? Because improv is communication, and people watch you communicate. Like, that's all that's happening, and you hope that they laugh, right? But so UCB, like, the fact that we all took UCB classes means that we learned to communicate the same way, right? Like, when Mike says, don't freak out, We've, we've learned through class, like, when someone says don't, what the improviser is probably asking you to do is, like, please freak out right now, because that's what I think is going to be funny, right? So I think, that, I think maybe that's another way to say, like, st the structure or, like, the style of UCB is, like, we learned the same comedy language. Whereas you might go somewhere else, and they'll, they'll be like, I want to follow this emotional arc, or I want to follow, like, a plot-driven uh, scene more, and, like, anyone who's been at that theater is going to go, okay, I know that language. I think maybe that's another okay, way to Okay, so now it. you've got somebody, me, somebody like me from Chicago, Intimidated by the UCB style, it's very fast. That's yeah. that's my judgment on it. Um, and so, how how do you then? How do we all play together? Well, because improv's the same. Just listen. Yeah, you're just just li listen like, to each other and yeah. and just respond, either you know honestly and funnily. Okay. Yeah. So we will respond uh, honestly and funnily. Okay. <laughs> That was the workshop Mike was going to teach later. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry that en not enough people signed up for it. But They're like, we're time. already funnily enough. Yes. So, uh, um, so we're, we're going to improvise now. We're just going to do a straight-on montage, right? Great. Um, do I need to know anything else in terms of you're looking at your watch? I'm do you have to be somewhere? Oh, no, 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 no. <laughs> okay. 
No, I was, I was trying to see if like we wanted to time it. I would see when we started. Okay, great. I appreciate that. Um, so we're gonna we'll call the out. So what's our time? What time do we have to be done off the stage? Six thirty. So what time do you got, Mike? Um, five fifty-eight. Five fifty-eight. So you know, if we're done in like ten or twelve minutes, then we'll come back and get questions and answers, and we'll I'll beat myself up about what you I just do did. That. What do you mean? How do you? Jimmy, you're great. Okay, great. Come on. I you're think you're gonna. Be James is gonna We're beat gonna me. Yeah. Way. Okay. Great. Great. <laughs> How do you deal with a bad show, James? I honestly, I'm not exaggerating. There's times where I want to kill myself. Do you feel the same? I, uh, I'm not gonna say no. Um, do you I'm not. I'm not gonna say no. I, uh, uh, <laughs> I sometimes feel just horrible <laughs> after shows. Well, how I do you get to, over it? I try to uh, uh, smile about it, you know. And, so you're uh, like you're you're faking it, basically. Well, no, 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 no. I, <laughs> no, it was a great show. No, that was, was there, a great well, choice. No. You know, you do so many. You do so. Improv is there and then it's gone, right? So I try to just remind myself that like that moment is now gone, you know, and then and and be good for the next show, you know. Uh, yeah. Mike? I think uh, Netflix um, and Cookies and Cream ice cream yeah. really help with <laughs> Any the particular show. brand? Um, well, I will say if you're going to – Cookies and Cream, you can do like Briars or regular, like anything that you see in the store. But I will say uh, um, Half-Baked Ben & Jerry's. Boom, baby. You'll forget yeah. about that show in a second. Because I just want to say, based on your personality, I haven't known you very long. It doesn't seem like you would get freaked out about doing a bad show. I almost think that you enjoy – Going backstage, everyone's down, and you're like, God, that was, a, that, I, I, that was great. I don't care. Well, we didn't get any response. They wanted to leave. I don't care. It was great. I'm Am I right? So, that's so sweet of you, but there, it, deep down inside, after a shitty show, I genuinely will, like, I'll, like, be, tell my boyfriend, I'll be like, I don't want to stay at this bar. Like, can we just go home and do the Netflix and ice cream thing? But that's so sweet. Like, I, I like that you think that. The other thing is, true. like, yeah. Mike Kelton will always get a response on stage. You know, it's wow. never an audience is never gonna not respond to Mike Kelton. We're gonna, I don't want to build gonna you find up that out. This is no pressure. No pressure. Marshall, yeah. how do you get over a bad show? You, uh, you don't go back. You go back to stand up. No. Oh God, no. Oh God, I was so bad at stand up. Fuck. Um, just thinking back. Uh, no, I talk it to death. I'll just like break it down. What like what I do. And usually the, the brunt of it is with the girlfriend, uh, which uh, she's been very nice to take, uh, take part in. And she's in. a non-improviser? She's, uh, she's a writer. She used to do improv, but she's kind of more concentrated on writing and stuff now. Um, so I basically just talk her ear off, and she's, she's very kind to me, and she will listen to that. Is there any boundaries you sent? Like, okay, 20 minutes, that's it, we're going to talk about it? Yeah, or? usually she'll be like, just shut up. Okay, it's a bad show. Who cares? Like, it doesn't matter. I'm like, yeah, you're right. It doesn't matter. It's a... It's a it's an art form that lends itself to being in the moment, and if like that moment wasn't right to you, you didn't like have fun with it, whatever, you get the opportunity to do it tomorrow night or whenever you're gonna do it next show. Okay, well we're gonna get a chance to do it right now. Oh, uh, Jamie, I can't wait. Yes. It's be okay, great. great. Okay, so here we go. Um, now we're not gonna improvise with the microphones. They'll, they'll pick up. Do you think? Okay, great. So I'm just gonna move the chair a little here, and if you're listening to the podcast, I'm sliding the chair. Uh, this is upstage. Just so you know. Oh, uh, good. good. Yeah, great. Yeah. All right. And now we'll put the microphones down. Uh, Jimmy, we... what's, a, what's, a good, uh, what's a good name for a team that we all oh, have together? Yeah. What's the uh, name of our team? The first thing that came is like rubber bands. I yeah. don't know why. Hello, everybody. We are rubber bands! Yeah! 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 We're so excited to say.
some improv for you guys. All we need is a suggestion of anything at all. Chivalry. Penicillin. Chivalry. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> No, please, please, you can finish the sandwich. I, I was, I'm done. Oh my god, Kevin. Kevin, you keep having me finish your food and you're so skinny. Bart, it's a new diet program I'm on. Just to have your roommate eat all of your yes, food? Yes, yes. Well, okay. <laughs> Let me tell you something. I don't think scrubbing bubbles is working in the shower. <laughs> That's funny because, that's really funny because I left a note on your, on your bed saying about the scrubbing bubbles and now you're bringing it up. Oh my God. Oh my God. You're trying to get me to clean by leaving notes in my bedroom? Yes, Bart, I am. You're a starving, lazy piece of shit. Oh. <laughs> That's what you are. Bart, I, 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 the reason you, we were, you were a roommate, you, you thought I was a good roommate. I thought you were a good roommate, but now it just seems like you fooled me. Mm. Now I feel like, what else am I going to turn up in this apartment that's just gone to shit? Where's our cat? That's the thing. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, it's, it's in your bedroom. It's under your bed. Oh. <laughs> it is under my bed. Yes, yeah, because I... Don't go in there, Bart, oh, please. Don't okay, go in there. Don't go in there, Bart. I'm in the matter! I take it. You found it. Did you tell him about the cat? Yeah, I did. Oh, boy. Hey. <laughs> what the fuck happened to Sheevers? <laughs> Rescue me. Rescue me, please. Uh, come on. Oh, I'm a, I'm a damsel and I'm in distress. Trevor, you're crying out for attention right now. Yes, save me. I, I'm so old, I can't get out the chair. Listen. Thank you. Okay. This has been a fun date. Hasn't it? It has. And you have your Shakespeare show tomorrow, it okay? It is tomorrow. You will get on stage, and you will do the things you do on stage. But right now, this yes, is but I have, I have to get in. I have to get into the character. Okay. The New York Times is going to be there tomorrow, yes, Daryl. I know. Okay. Can I... Would you like some casserole? Can we finish dinner, please? Yes, I would love some casserole. Thank you. Green beans? Oh, you know I want some green beans. <laughs> you, held, you held those words for so long yes, when you so said them. The, green, the beans, they are green. The colors of the moors. You sound like you're delivering a speech. Oh, fair Julia. <laughs> when shall we meet again? Oh, you know, tomorrow, another time. <laughs> The show tonight, uh, it yes. just seems like you were just giving all the, like, the way you speak Shakespeare, but the words were all very normal, everyday But talk. my acting was very uh, great, right? It was, I had a lot of gravitas and a lot of, I was strong and powerful. 
Uh, I would like uh, some uh, mocha. mocha yes, a mocha for you. From <laughs> no, just, just a mocha. A mocha with whipped cream and sprinkles and. No, just a mocha. Yes. <laughs> just a simple mocha. A, a tiny mocha for a, a man who wants just one thing in his life. My name is Mercutio, not Mocha. <laughs> oh, I can't believe I messed that up. <laughs> that was a wonderful day. Thank you Whoa. so much. Oh, I've never. What? Go ahead. You're going to invite me in? Or? Yeah, but then you did a weird, like, friend hug, so I guess that didn't go as well as I thought it did. So. No, no, no. I was, I was just I was, I was nervous. Oh, oh. Yeah, I, I find you really attractive. Oh, thank you. I was you. hoping we would sleep together. <laughs> See, <laughs> that is what I've been looking for, is just direct, honest, and I and you were giving me all those signals tonight. You were like, your boobs are hot. And I was like, thank you. No one ever just says it, right? <laughs> <laughs> your boobs are really hot. Thank you. I've been yeah. working on them. <laughs> but then you just did this hug. You know, and I was like, oh, this is the, this is the, you're hot, but I'm not going to sleep with you because I'm not emotionally ready, or I think maybe you're a little crazy, or, I, you know, I don't know what No, I was, I was just doing because I was afraid that I was going to get rejected, so I didn't want to kiss you, so I gave you a hug. Okay, yeah. right. Do you want to come inside and fuck me? Yes. Okay. <laughs> uh, we are gathered here today to celebrate the union of these two lovely people. I know you prepared uh, your own vows, and I... I got a copy of them. They are rather long, so I'd like it to be hasty. Uh, Marshall? Yes. <laughs> when I first saw you, Katrina, with those beautiful breasts of yours, I couldn't take my eyes off them, like I'm doing right now. <laughs> we are in the house of God, so let's keep our eyes up. God made these breasts. God made these breasts. And the first night, you invited me in to fuck you. Okay, wait, hold up. That is my daughter you're talking about. That is my daughter you're using such... If we could just keep uh, vulgarity to a, a null. Just a null of vulgarity. Okay. I found you incredibly tight when I entered you. Oh, oh my god. god. Oh, 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 oh. I was doing kegels. Okay, okay. Okay, you know what? We must relax. <laughs> we must relax and start again. I'm just going to ask you, sure. do not talk about sex. Sure. I just, uh, fine. Vulgarity, again, to annul. And, I, don't, um, I don't think you know what that word means. Do I? Annul? And it's like for like, annul like in a marriage, right? It's to... It's to cancel. Listen, I need to a college, stop. To a, to a not do it anymore. It's to not, to a not Bye. do it anymore. Also, Mom... Do you I have, have your wedding tape. Yeah, make sure you have the ring. That's okay, hold up. My mother's wedding tape, she said my father had the juiciest cock she'd ever seen. He <laughs> did! <laughs> we are gathered here. <laughs> <laughs> I, for one, think chivalry's dead. <laughs> I, could, I agree. I agree. It's dead. Yeah. I agree, Ralph. It is dead. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. yeah, the bitches don't want help. Carol's right. Carol's no. right. Uh, no. <laughs> Fuck women. Chivalry was like murdered when Jezebel was invented. Yes, Internet. Yeah. Yeah. Back in 1906, Jezebel. Yeah. yeah. Fuck ladies. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Hey guys, hey guys, uh, uh, do you ever think that, uh, that we're bad people? <laughs> <laughs>
<laughs> I don't think our lack of social interaction with women in any way indicates that. Yeah. <laughs> no. I, I don't know. Just sometimes, you know, I feel like I get these looks, you know, from people, you know. I got slapped the other day. Did you, uh, did you go up and grab her ass like we've been talking yeah. about? Yeah, well, I was about to, and then her hand just went right across my face. And then what'd you do? Well, I cried. Uh, and then, you know, and then I was like, hey, I was just trying, I was just trying, and she was not happy. Man, chivalry's dead. Yeah. I guess it is. Chivalry is dead. Chivalry is when you grab a lady's ass, right? Yep. That's what we all are. That is, and if she slaps you, you slap her back twice as hard. Oh, right. I, I wasn't doing it right. Yeah. Uh, all right. I smacked my lady the other night. Did yeah? you? Yes, I did. I smacked her in the ear. Ear? Ear. Jesus. <laughs> smacked her right in the ear. And what did she say? Ouch. <laughs> and I said, I don't care. Chivalry is dead. <laughs> yeah, it's not, it's, you know, I love that we bowl together. I love that we can come together and be honest together as friends and guys, you know. Um, I do wonder, are we going to be single for the rest of our lives? Oh, for sure. <laughs> Isn't that why we're doing it? I don't want to get married. I don't want to get married. Yeah. I don't want to have that responsibility. No. Who wants a relationship person? where you share everything with yeah. each other? Yeah, but you know what I would like, though? You know, I would like to be somewhat intimate with a woman at some time in my life. I just, I think I would like that. I mean, maybe. I don't know. Wait, what did you just say? I would like to be intimate at some Can oh. you believe what he just said? Oh, intimate. Uh, intimate. Uh, intimate. I honestly never want to be intimate with a woman. <laughs> All right, great. Oh, my God. So let's start with you, James. How do you think we did? I felt really good about that. Yeah, okay. Did. Tell, what did you feel good about? Uh, I thought I just we us working together. I thought that that was. I thought we were all on the same page all the time. Mm -hmm. Weirdly, like from from like right away. Like I feel I I I don't think that it took us too long in the scenes to to uh, figure out what the other person wanted. Great, Mike. How'd you feel we did? I had a lot of fun. Um, yeah, I had a blast. I love playing with you. I love looking in your eyes and being like, I love this. It was just really fun. I, you know, the first scene, I was lost. And I, I, part of it was like I was putting the responsibility on you. And I'm like, he's going to find the game. There's got to be a game. I'm playing UCB style. I better find the game. How can you help somebody like me who was thinking like that? I think I felt that energy from you. And I was uh -huh. like, oh, I feel like he's a little bit nervous. But this is, uh, this is the first scene, so there's like pressure on it. So I wanted to, in that, give you things that you fucked up to be like, just repeat those or allow that to be true, and then it will be fine. Um, and almost those, social, those cues of like, I hope this didn't happen. And it's so, I mean, it's really cheesy. And some people might be like, that's bad improv. But I thought it was really fun because you're just like, yeah, don't go look at the cat. And right. Whatever happened to the cat is going to be funny. I also made the conscious <laughs> choice of like, I'm going to get out there. Yeah. I feel tentative, get out there. And that was great, because then you weren't nervous, you weren't sitting on the back being like, oh, when I do go out there, I hope I say the right, right. thing. I, I learned. you nailed, up top. <laughs> thank you, thank you. <laughs> yeah. Okay, Marshall. Woo! You know, I thought it was perfect improv. Uh, <laughs> I thought uh, everybody did great. Uh, I, yeah, I thought that was really fun. Um, it felt 
it felt nice. It felt like people were making choices and other people were picking up on those choices and uh, saying yes to those choices and then adding information. And then uh, upon that, uh, we kind of heightened to a very fun place and then we would edit the scene. Like it, that was like good improv, right? That was, that was fun. The crowd Jenny. liked it, I think. Yeah, you guys liked it? Yeah. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. I'll, I'll give you a high five. Marshall getting, Marshall getting a high five from the people in the front row. I want two. I want two. I'm sorry. Great. Jenny, Jenny getting a high five. How do you think we did? Uh, I thought it was good. You know, what's interesting is, like, I am not afraid. Obviously, I'm not afraid of, like, blue humor or sexual stuff. And, like, I know my grandma's going to listen to this podcast later. And Norma Crawford, I'm really sorry. We're very popular in retirement communities. You have to know that my Dude. whole family is going to listen to your podcast. Okay. They're, like, excited. Um, but because I don't know you, there's something interesting about, like, there's a man I don't really know doing sort of a sexual scene. Like, we're on a date. Like, we, we physically hugged. That just sort of puts me, like, puts me a little in my head in a way of, like, I got to figure this out really fast and put it in terms that I'm comfortable with. Um, but that's just true of whenever I improvise with someone that I haven't improvised with before. If it becomes physical or if it becomes about, like, oh, you're definitely a woman, this is a date, like, this is about something like that. I, I have to put it in terms that I'm comfortable with, so I tend to take a more high-status role with it, right? So I felt like I bullied you a little in order to make myself more comfortable. Okay. That's how I felt. Well, I have this thing with me is, like, um, I, I, it's like I look at, I'm, like, 50, I mean, yeah. you know, 50 bald glasses no. over... Yes, 50? I am. Come on. Did you just say overweight because that's a lie? Well, thank yeah. you. I, I, have, I, have, I have body issues. Props. But you whatever. Look great. You look but great. I always think like, okay, everybody else, I'm playing the same age. What are you guys in? You're 28, 30s? Somewhere? Oh, you're, you're kind. Yes, thank 27. you. 27. But, but I mean, that's how I think. So I don't know. Maybe, you know. But, you know, so... It's, there's, there's a little creep factor when you play with me. I wouldn't say that I was creeped out. It's not that I was like, oh, this guy's being a creep or like using, like, like, like trying to like do anything creepy. But just like who, the person that I am is like, if so, someone I don't know does something, any improv move that I am like, I'm not sure I'm comfortable with this. My immediate thing is to be like, I have to, I'm going to like take over this scene until we get it to a place where I'm comfortable. Otherwise, I, I back off. I think as you in general, like as a human being, For we sure. went to a college party once where like some guy said something and Jenny just fucking attacked him. Like just like lashed out and we were like, it's time to go, Jenny. And like, honestly, I didn't really see, like I don't remember what specifically happened, but like, you oh, know, Jenny's fighting for women all around the world in this like this way. In an aggressive way that people can't really get behind. Yeah, the so. guy, we, we left this party. So we went to this party. Uh, we left and we were leaving and this, this guy, the whole night had been kind of eyeing us like, look at those old people. Why are they here? Uh, because we were oh, at a college party. Oh, you being the old guy. Yeah, we were we the were old so people. Yeah, old. totally. Okay. Um, and we were leaving. We were trying to fuck with them. Like we were like fucking with you them were. in terms of like we. They were like sing our fight song. And we just sang Ave Maria, Maria. Yeah. and like because we were just like we were having so fun funny. with it. So yeah. there, what we were being a little. You, you must have loved it. I was having the best time. Yeah, 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 yeah. 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 yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. They're gonna uh, kill us. Yeah, great. It's a success. This kid, as he walked by us, uh, we said bye, and he flicked us off. And and Jenny was like, no. You don't do that, little boy. You don't do that. You don't get the opportunity to do that. You don't do that to me. Like, was pointing at this kid. We're pulling Jenny back. I was like, you want to go, 18-year-old? Yeah. You want to go? It was great. Yeah. It was great. 
Jenny, and that's how feminism where, works. So. Where do you think that? Where do you? Was that a feminist thing or just? Oh, I'm an insane person, Jimmy. That's well, where does feminism. that come from? I mean, I have anger and I bury it down. But I this is honestly this is uh, this is what I think is when I meet people, I try to give everybody respect, just assumed respect, right? I don't know you, but I'm just going to assume you're a good person and you're trying your best, and I'm going to try and respect you and hear you and all of that stuff. The minute you disrespect me or I feel disrespected, I get that slight. I'm like, hey, man, that's not part of our, our bargain. And, and, then, uh, and, then I, um, and then I either verbally or physically go after them. <laughs> I think it would help if you lowered your expectations for every human being. I don't like that. I don't like that. I don't I'd know. rather I assume like people are good. Everyone's not everyone's not this like perfect creature we're all so flawed oh no not perfect no to respect someone isn't to believe that they're without flaw but to respect them is to be like whatever you have to say I'm going to listen to I'm going to honor I'm going to be like cool that's what you think great that's wonderful and then if like like that kid that that kid really bugged me because when we were we were playing some stupid drinking game because 18 year olds are like the only way I can drink is if a ping pong goes into a cup you know (laughs) And, and we were playing some game and he wasn't playing and so I was like, come join our team. And he's like, no, no, no. I was like, come on, come join us. So he came and he joined us. And he, like, had a fun time. And we were, like, you know, having a good time. And then, like, after this moment of, like, we were teammates. And then we left. And we are like, bye. And he's like, fuck you. And I was like, that doesn't work that way. You don't get it. We were teammates. We were blood brothers in ping pong. Like, you don't get to do that. So Okay, anyway. so let's take some questions because we, we only have a little time left, and I'm sure people have tons of questions for you guys. So if we could turn the house lights up. Great. Love it. We have strobes tonight. That's great. Yes. Uh, uh, great. Right here. What do you like to do? Touring company, teach, or doing a house team at UCB? I think uh, Turco shows and shows at the theater are two totally different kinds of shows. Um, I think the shows in New York, you have to, like, they're, they're harder to get the audience on board because they're like, oh, you're supposedly the, the selected few of UCB. You're supposed to be, like, you know, the, the really good players, so you have to impress me. So it's an audience just sitting there and like, all right, let's see what you got, you know? Like, and then on tour, it's just like, what is this? What, they're making it up, you know? Like, and they're going to keep doing this for 45 minutes? And then they're going to come back and do that again? It's, and then they're just like blown away. And it's just like they're just fascinated by the fact that we've like taken this thing, this interview, and taken the fun things from it and then improvised off of it. They love it. So it's like, I, I personally um, like both equally. I know that's kind of a crappy answer, but uh, I like impressing, I like, Sorry. no, 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 please, <laughs> grab the microphone. Uh, I, like, um, I like going on tour. It's, it's a nice like, breath of fresh air for doing shows. And then going back to the theater and performing on Herald Night is the biggest honor to me uh, as, as a performer and... Uh, Getting to do shows on that stage with you know all the people who've done shows before me and stuff, and now I get to do it is is amazing and it's uh, it's great. But it's also great to like know that like uh, these students are there to see from you and, and learn from you, and they're laughing and they're into it. That's 
great. Uh, I think that's great. I rambled. Go, Mike. My favorite part is definitely uh, touring because there's something so magical about doing improv. And you guys, this is an improv festival, so like this is, I think this is different. Most people in the audience have done improv or have an interest in it, but to do improv for people that have never seen improv before, that to me is like the most magical thing in the world because you're like spreading this like drug that we all love so much. And mm -hmm. that to me is like you're spreading the joy of improv, so I like that the best. <laughs> Great. Let's take another question. Right here. You guys had said earlier that it's really important to also connect with like the teachers and the people at the UCB. Um, I've studied at the UCB and I found a lot of the teachers to be very intimidating and I'm intimidated to talk to the teachers even after class, even ask for advice. I feel like I'm wasting their time. Um, do you guys have any advice? Ooh, of, yeah. like, how what you advice like, would you give somebody who's intimidated by their teacher? I mean, the UCB or Second City or I.O., People can be really intimidated, not only by the teachers, but by the institution. Yeah, I uh, I was intimidated by a lot of a lot of teachers. Um, who, who? Like Will Hines, Kevin Hines, uh, Anthony King, Anthony King, um, uh, Neil Casey. These very like prominent figures at UCB. These guys have been around for a long time, and they also don't play like me. Like I think they're very smart, very you know uh, purposeful players. I'm just like. I don't know what I'm doing. I'm just going to react, you know, kind of. So player. how did you deal with the, the intimidation? How did you get over You it? just, I think you, you have to, like, any, anything that intimidates you, you just have to, like, just jump off the cliff. And, like, I, one time uh, after class, sent Will Hines an email, like, hey, man, I like how you teach. I like your introduction to comedy. Can I just bug you over lunch? Can, is this possible? And he's like, yeah, sure. And then we went out to lunch together. And it was a little awkward at first, but he opened up about comedy and, like, teaching and stuff. And I think you just have to, like, just jump off the cliff and just kind of go for it. Uh, You're with, shaking your head, yeah. Jenny. What, what do you want to add to this? Um, I, I think, the, like, the biggest thing, like, if you were to go back and take a class at UCB, like, specifically, those teachers um, are very supportive of students. Mm -hmm. You know, even if, like, I mean, we're all, like, no matter what, they're going to be on a stage that's either underneath a grocery store or was once a movie theater, right? Like, like it's always, it's, I think it's always good to remember, like, they're just people, too, and, like, honor your need to talk, right? I think a lot of improvisers are, like, super polite, and we're afraid of, like, wasting people's time. Yeah. yeah. And, like, we feel like we're not... We're not like worthy of this person's time, and right, we don't right. want to like be a nuisance. And even though that might be the one thing that might help us, yeah, we don't want to be that that person. You know? Well, I yeah. wouldn't imagine that you guys were nuisances. I mean, you you must have gotten over there because you have you, you have the people that get cast are are known or they're comfortable around uh, around the teachers. Would you say that's true? Hundred percent. I I I think like I think it is. It can be scary, but. Um, I think sending everyone's email is pretty public in like uh, UCB community. So I think even asking for an email and being like, "Can I? Is it cool if I shoot you some questions about improv?" would be a nice kind of like way to from the back, you know, back step or whatever, take, like approach them. And then if they get if you, they respond, they will respond. Um, they don't always respond. So, they something don't. about well, I, I wrote my three hundred one teacher, and he never. Responded. I think those are rare cases, and then like maybe you don't want to grab coffee with that person. Yeah, you know. Yeah. And and also like I I I also want to say that I disagree that everyone that is performing is completely comfortable with everyone. Back to my insecurities, <laughs> but like but I I there are still people that I'm like, can I talk to you? I don't know, right? And 
but I think Jenny and uh, Jenny hit the nail on the head though about like they're just people like and and go up, like jumping off the cliff like exactly like they're just people. We're all trying to we're all either <laughs> uh, trying to do what someone else is doing or doing the same thing that you are doing, and it's like and and just talking to them and is 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 the best. Great. Let me try to cram in some more questions right here. You guys seem really cohesive and you work together so well and I know you guys are great students and you've studied and stuff, but outside of that, do you, do you have any um, recommendations for like how you keep that cohesiveness together on teams, how you stay together um, or do you? Do you how, get together uh, yeah. outside of that? How, what would you say to keep a, a team cohesive? I think a good team is like a good relationship. Like you come to it open with your own with your own confidence and your own sense of self, um, and you don't you don't ask too much of your team, right? Like, if you're relying on your team to be your emotional support and your friends and your boyfriend and your you know it it's it's harder because sometimes you're gonna have like a bad show or sometimes you're gonna have you know, something happened on the road. Like, we had, like, a, the travel day from hell, right? We just, had, we just had, like, a nightmarish travel day. But we're all just our own people. And, like, we were able to just go, cool, like, we like each other and we're just going to have to get through this right now, you know, as opposed to turning on each other because we're reliant on each other for anything beyond, like... The, yeah, like, just yeah. hanging out. Like, honestly, like, you don't have to be best friends with your improv team. I think that can honestly become a bad thing, a tumultuous situation in the future. But I think planning a night where you're like, you guys all go to a bar or like a daytime activity where you do something that gets you out of your element that you're not talking about improv. Because then you'll, you'll find the bonds uh, within the relationships that'll make you more cohesive on stage. And Jenny, you talked about, you know, it, it's like being in a, it is a relationship. Are you guys honest with each other? Like James is very honest with his insecurity. Jenny is very honest with her anger or, you know. <laughs> are you, do you guys, if something pisses you off, you go, you know, that made me really angry, or I was hurt by that. Is there good communication in this group? We, we give each other had... so much shit. Yeah. I think, like, it's a really healthy, like, James is always late, and we're always like, we're like, oh, here it comes, James, just, he's late. You know, like, and that <laughs> always kills in the we morning. We say it like that every like, but, but would, so... you, would you ever say to James, you know, I get really frustrated when you're late? If I did, I would, but I don't. I think it's funny. We've never missed a, a plane yet. If we miss a plane, I'll be like, you asshole. <laughs> yeah. I think, we're just, I, think we, I think we just respect each other enough to be like, first of all, we don't step on each other's toes, right? Like, we, I have, I've never been angry at any of you for anything, right? And that, I mean, you know me now. Like, that's right. pretty big. Um, but Especially I, for a long-term relationship yowza, like this. Like, there's a lot of stuff that can happen, but... I think because we're all honest and we deal with it immediately, like as improvisers, you're trained to like talk about the thing that's happening on stage, and that happens in real life too. Like, like there was one time when Marshall went to go get something to eat, and I thought he was going to wait for me, but then he didn't, and he yeah. goes, "Oh, sorry, I just needed to be by myself." I was like, "Cool, great, right?" Like instead of like it being like, "Well, why didn't you wait for me?" or like, "I thought we were going together," or, like being mad about it, it was just like, "Oh, cool, that's what happened. Great, cool, now we're done, right?" So. The road rules was a good situation where traveling with people didn't work. Yeah. But the TV we also, the we TV, also don't sleep okay. together. Yeah. And so we don't, yeah, we don't, we don't have sex with each other. No, there's no, there's no, no. any sleeping going on. Okay. Mike and I have napped in a bed together. We've napped in a bed together. Okay. Yeah. But, but you're both in safe. committed relationships, right? Yeah. 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 Okay. Yeah. Okay. What and is I it? wouldn't 
have sex with a girl. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> and I'm not really interested in having sex with a gay man, so... Thank you. Great. Let's take one more question. Right here. In, in your travels, you've got a unique uh, perspective of how uh, improv is growing, both in geographic uh, area and sophistication. How, how do you see that? It's become very popular because of TV shows like The Office um, and Parks and Rec. And I think, I think, it like the improv is a beautiful, wonderful thing that makes people very happy and allows people to laugh, which is an awesome thing. So seeing that growth is wonderful. We see it on the road, um, but it also is making it more difficult for people who want to do improv. The improv community in New York has grown exponentially in the past couple of years, just because I think people are like, oh, I can do that. Like, of course, I'll do. That. And then it's like it's flooded. Classes are always full, so it's like a double-edged sword. The, the beauty of improv is spreading, which is great, but then it's making it harder to get into the improv community in the bigger cities. Yeah, but the, but the really nice thing is we've been doing shows at, I mean, we've heard about other Turcos in the past, like past seasons of Turco that have done shows in a cafeteria where half of the people were studying, <laughs> right? And then they had to try and do an improv show. And, and, and that wasn't that long ago. But now, like, the shows that we're doing, and, like, yes, we're very famous, and everyone knows who we are. <laughs> so when we go, they're all really excited to see us do our thing. Um, but the shows that we've been doing have a much more attentive, uh, intentional audience, you know? And I think that's probably the biggest change, is, is people are like, oh, I want to go see that. I've heard about it, or I know it, or I've, I've been doing it. Like, we've done workshops where I taught, I taught a guy who was like 55, and it was like one of the first improv classes he'd ever done. And I think that's the beauty of improv is what Mike was saying, is anybody can be good at improv. Improv is just being honest, right? Like, I love it. Any, I love improv so much. Okay. And, and I just want to say quickly, that I, think, I also think that the growth is beautiful. I made that joke earlier about doing improv in a basement in Cleveland. I'm from Akron, Ohio, and there, used, there was a second city there for like a year maybe, uh, I think it was like three weeks. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and, and, uh, but after that, I was like, oh, there's no improv here. But now there's like a regular improv jam there. And it's something that like, it baffles my mind that there's a regular improv jam in Cleveland. Like, I, and, I, and I just think that the fact that improv is spreading the way that it is. is we we got to wrap this up. I could, this, we could go for four more hours, you know, because <laughs> um, I'm learning a lot. Um, we're going to start with Jenny. One piece of advice you would give to an improviser today. Um, expand your horizons because you only have yourself to draw from on stage and the more that you experience and know, the more you have to use. James? Uh, don't forget why you're doing it. Marshall? Uh, if you ever find yourself on stage and you're not having fun, immediately have fun. Do something that's fun. <laughs> and Mike? Uh, be open to falling in love with people you play with. Like, not in a romantic way, but, like, in a spiritual way. Thank you so much. Let's give them a hand. UCB. And there you have it. Another episode of Improv Nerd is in the can. I want to thank the UCB Touring Company from New York, Marshall Stratton and Mike Kelton, Jenny St. Angelo, and James Smith for being our guests. And I loved James' story about how he thought he, he blew the audition. And I loved Jenny's candidness about the scene that she did with me. I thought that was really cool. Uh, I want to thank Ryan Hill at Steel Stacks uh, Improv Comedy Festival for having me down. I also want to thank uh, Dan Schiffmacher, who is the producer here in Chicago, who makes me sound so slick and so professional. Without Dan, you wouldn't be hearing my voice. 
I also want to tell you, if you want some more information about me, Jimmy Crane, who is the host of Improv Nerd, if you couldn't figure it out or not, I think you can now, and want to sign up for my newsletter and my improv blog, which will make you a better improviser and a better person, well, the better person part is up to you, uh, just go to my website. It's all there, jimmycarain.com. That's jimmycarain.com. Follow us on the social media platforms we're on. like I talked about at the beginning of the show, our Facebook page, Improv Nerd. Like us. It really helps with my low self-esteem. Follow us over to Twitter. We're at Improv underscore Nerd. And then our YouTube channel, which you'll see little clips from our live taping of our show. Uh, We're also lucky enough to be part of this podcast collective called feralaudio.com some of the most innovative and unique and hilarious podcasts out there go to feralaudio.com i'd like to thank our two sponsors today pan theater in oakland visit pantheater.com for current shows and class schedules and duo fest 2015 for more information on duo fest go to duofest.com and of course i'd like to thank you for listening and until le- next time, remember, walk, don't run. A nerd is a nerd. Let's say uh, Seinfeld was on an island yeah. and he was blowing Boris Karloff. What would, it, what would that be like? <laughs> it might go something like this. Oh, Mr. Karloff. I loved you and Frankenstein, and I love giving you a blowjob. Why, Mr. Seinfeld, I'd love having you fuck.